Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Come on, let's tune our weapons! Attention, podcast listeners. New from It Came From The Basement Recordings is the official It Came From The Basement podcast. In its third year of podcasting glory, join hosts such as Dead Mike and his Canadian counterpart, Jeff Crazy, on a journey. Through horror movie madness. Can it be stopped? No. Can you take it off your ears? No. Will it eat away at your brain? Yes. Jeff, do you have anything to add to this official promo for It Came From The Basement in the year 2010? I do. I do. Let's uh, let's let's drop the crazy voices and just say we're a horror movie podcast. We're one of a million that are out there, but we're a couple of cool guys, and you should listen to our show. Do you agree with me, Dead Mike? Yes, Jeff, I do. Awesome. You can check us out a whole bunch of ways. You know, there's a little thing called iTunes, which is, is popular with the kids these days. You search it, came from the basement. You'll find us on there. And uh, we're also an award-winning podcast. We want a potty. Yeah, for best drunken podcast, it sounded like it was recorded in a basement. So uh, take that, Podcast Alley and all those other fuckers who want you to vote for them. You can also check right. us out at it came from the basement dot wordpress dot com. Anything else? Oh, sometimes we sing on the show too. <laughs> there you go. There's a good poem promo. the bone bat podcast where you can listen to steve and gord it's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore bone bat. you realize that this is not going to go unchallenged maybe the sky's falling down around the babies maybe the world is gonna spin out of If I quit today, you're working for the men And said I had enough of will Maybe I 
Everybody. Welcome to episode 41 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing pretty good, you know, uh, considering our big announcement that we have. We've got a huge announcement. A huge... Absolutely gigantic. It's actually bigger than our dicks. It's that big. It is. It's a big announcement. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay. Steve and Gord are, are proud... coming out of the closet. Exactly. I love you. No, actually, uh, we're proud to announce the first ever Bone Bat Film Festival, which will take place on uh, Thursday evening, September 2nd, uh, which is the night actually before PAX starts uh, at 6 p.m. at the Big Picture Theater in Redmond, which is a theater with a full bar, I might add. We would do it no other way. Exactly. So 21 and over. But uh, we're going to have, it's going to be a huge block entertainment. We're going to have two features, uh, two blocks of shorts, hand-picked by Gordon. I'm going to ha- pick them by hand. And a half-hour set of music from the mighty Barefoot Barnacle, a longtime friends of the show. And uh, it's going to be an awesome evening of entertainment. I'm looking forward to just two blocks of my shorts. And you get to actually meet Gord. Gord's going to be here in Seattle. All five foot seven of me. Tickets will go on sale in March, so uh, keep an eye on Bonehand.com for more details as we get this thing rolling. But uh, that's pretty much the news. The first ever Bone Bat Film Festival. Word up. So, dude, all right, so, so are we going to start the show now? We've done all our commercial endorsements. We can get going with I, this. I think. Dude, seriously, I was in your neighborhood. I flew up to Seattle. I was there for just a few hours such as the life of the traveling printing press sales douche so the for the film festival will not be the first time you've been in seattle no no this is just kind of the way i roll and i'm in i'm in the airport and for some reason there's a whole bunch of people in line there with me who are considerably taller than i am now, normally most people are taller than i am but like the guy in front of me is is just this giant and the guy behind me is is merely very, very tall. And we're getting up, and the, the ticket taker lady is grabbing our tickets as we're going down the jetway, and she goes, I just have to ask you. She's like kind of all the Twitter. She goes, how tall are you? The guy's like, God, uh, I'm seven foot tall. I goes, I'm uh, seven feet tall. And she was just like, oh, my. It just it rocked the world, I guess. And she gets to me, and I look at her, and I give her the eye, and I go, I'm five foot seven. <laughs> she just doesn't know what to do with that at all. She's just like, I may as well have told her I had oral herpes. She's just like, what? 
I don't think she was nearly as, as dazzled. No, then I turned to the guy behind me. He was like 6'5 or something. I'm like, she didn't seem very impressed by my 5'7. <laughs> it's like, yeah, imagine that. Like, I'm talking to his sternum. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's not too bad. All right, so what are we listening to, man? Well, we got an interesting concept here. For uh, We're going to do a, something just a little bit different uh, tonight with regards to music. Uh, one of the things, you know, we uh, through doing the show and, you know, being on the Internet, we've come across just a lot of friends of the show who are quite musically talented. And so what we thought we'd do tonight is a little bit of a new music showcase. We're going to rock four different bands, uh, play featured cuts from each of them, and uh, just uh, let you guys know a uh, so little something about some music uh, from friends of the show. That's right. Usually we give you one band, maybe we kind of obliquely discuss a second or third later on, but this time four different bands. And we're leaning off with the mighty shamans. Leaning off or... We're beating it off with the mighty Shaman's Harvest. These guys hail from uh, from Missouri. Actually, their bio reads something to the effect of uh, deep inside Missouri's capital city. Now, what is the capital city of Missouri, anyway? Chillicothe? Chillicothe. I think it's Chillicothe. Isn't that the way you pronounce it? Carbondale? Isn't that where Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the chat? Oh, that was a Tallahatchie bitch. Oh, okay. It may be Carbondale. No, maybe it's... Is it Lesbian? Uh, lesbian. Planned? <laughs> <laughs> It may be Meta. Meta, Missouri. Oh, okay. Okay. No. No. I know. Capital. It's California. Oh, California okay. Is the, the so they hail from California. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> deep inside California, Missouri, you'll find one of the most brilliant bands to emerge from the Midwest. It's a five-piece ensemble that features Drake Hunt on vocals, lead guitarist Adam Hunt, Josh Hamler is on a rhythm guitar, and Matt Fisher rocks the bass. They got some drummer guy, I don't know. Drummers. <laughs> Craig Wingate. <laughs> anyway, these guys have been playing together since high school. Um, doing, just just working really hard. They're a real working man's rock and roll band. They've been touring forever. They've been slowly moving up the circuit to the point where now they're, they're opening for pretty big name acts. Alice in Chains, I think, is their latest one. I know on the May 23rd, they're going to be playing at um, Rock on the Range in Columbus, Ohio, which is supposed to be a pretty big festival. Can't say I've ever been to Rock on the Range in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Which, I don't know, is that the capital of Ohio? Might be, yeah. Yeah, anyway. You know, uh, one of the bands say, that says yeah, here well, that uh, one of the bands that they've opened for is Godsmack, and that's, one that, that's who uh, this, their music kind of reminds me of a little bit, is a bluesier version of Godsmack. Yeah, yeah, I would say that... That's a good, you know, you know what they remind me of, and God, I hope they don't take this the wrong way. If you could, if you could take all the suck out of Creed, like if you took Creed's <laughs> basic musical format, but removed all the suck somehow, right? And and like did it well. That's that's what these guys remind me of. They're they're not fast. Usually we listen to pretty fast music on the show, but they're just slow and grinding and driving. And uh, I don't know, they're pretty cool. Check them out. Yeah, yeah. Dragonfly is the song we uh, led off the show with, and that's their big hit single, I guess, right now. And uh, yeah, that's that's the one that they're playing on the radio and Sirius Octane and XM. Pretty cool. Uh, you can also find more about them at uh, myspace.com/shamansharvest. One word. 
Um, also there, there's a list of radio stations all over the nation. So if you like uh, what you hear here, uh, please call one of the stations and you know do a request. You can also buy their CDs there or iTunes. Uh, they've got two CDs out. Uh, Shine is the latest one. And the other one That's is called right. March of the Bastards, which uh, has a really cool song on it called The Lorax. Did you see that? I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. Exactly. So, cool stuff. Thanks to Shaman's Harvest for uh, letting us feature your music. Indeed. All right, let's get right to it. Let's get to it. Dude. You know what pisses me off? What pisses you off? Dude, you know what pisses me off is when, as a hardworking independent cartoonist, I find one of my cartoons on somebody else's site with my copyright information and my website information removed from it. Because that's what they call stealing. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what they call stealing. That kind of blows. So yeah, how so how did so how did this come I, about? I actually, uh, you know how it goes is I, I do these cartoons and sometimes people like them enough that they they you know want to pay me money to use them. Most people they want to put a cartoon on their site, they want to link it, whatever. I say, go for it. Be my guest. Just keep my copyright information and my website on there. Sure. So imagine, imagine how I felt when I saw. The Mike O'Mara show had one of my cartoons on their site and they knocked off the copyright information. They hadn't asked me. They just they just took it. It, it was copyright violation. It bummed me out because they got fans, man. They so let me just uh, ask the question that I asked you the first time you told me this, which is, who the fuck is Mike O'Mara? <laughs> I'll tell you, Mike O'Mara is this guy. He used to have a big syndicated radio show. It was the, the Donna Mike show. And then it became the Michael Mara show, and then it became a podcast. So he's he doesn't exactly have the audience he once had, but it's a it's like a morning funny morning commute show type thing. Right, right. So he so he, his show got canceled last June, I guess, off a of terrestrial radio, and right. so he started up this podcast in December. Oh, it's only been going since December, huh? Yeah, but they're they're doing it daily, so they're yeah. up to whatever. Your your comic was on uh, episode forty nine, I guess. I think it was Funk forty nine. Yeah. So what I did was what I usually do in a situation like this, which doesn't happen that often. Usually people will run a cartoon and it's got all the stuff on. It. Anyway, I sent him an email. Hey, man, you're running my cartoon and you knock my copyright stuff on it. And I said, I'm I'm happy to let you use the cartoon. Just run it with the copyright information. Mm-hmm. No response. Okay, so I went to so. his website and I posted a little, hey, you know, this is my cartoon. You know, please get back to me. You're not doing it. You know, this is uncool. Never goes on the site. So that, that's where I come in. So yeah. about that same morning was when you told me about that this had happened. So what I did was I went to the site as well and I posted a comment which said, Love the fact that you used one of Gordon's cartoons on on your site. You can find more great stuff just like it at MightyWombat.com. So I made it totally easy for him to give you the credit that he hadn't already given you. All he had to do was moderate and approve that comment. Yeah, but they wouldn't put up our comments. Right, the comment comment sat there all day saying, this comment awaits for your moderation. And then I placed it at like 2 p.m., 6 p.m. goes along. I check the site again. My comment is still awaiting moderation, but he's approved comments after that fact, like at 6 p.m. 
Yeah, so, so there was your comment. So somebody, Mike, and I don't know if it's Michael Merrill. one other guy's comment I know of had all put up comments on there like, hey, you're, you know, this is Mighty Wombat. Right. And so he skipped over all of those. So they, they knew what was up. So, yeah, but, you know, and who knows? Maybe it's not him. I suspect he's not all that internet literate. So perhaps it's... <laughs> no, I suspect he's not very technologically sad. So, so, you know, it's an intern, it's a producer, but somebody saw those fucking posts and duly decided to ignore them. Right. And it just, you know, it, it kind of amazes me that, in you know, in life, you give human beings the opportunity and you make it easy for them to do the right thing, and yet they still choose not to do it. Yeah, and it's, you know, this happened to me once before on uh, My Confined Space. It's one of those goofy sites where just anyone can post goofy pictures. And some guy posted one of my cartoons with no copyright info. So I sent um, Tiki, the guy that runs the site, I sent him an email like, hey, man, you're running my cartoon like this. And boom, within an hour, he got back to me, said, hey, sorry. And he changed it, put the copyright information. Not only that, the guy that posted it, he actually put a comment on the board. He's like, whoa, I'm really sorry. You know, I found it like this somewhere else. This other site's where I found it. You know, I didn't, I didn't do that. Sorry, dude freaking no problem no harm no foul i'm glad it's out there i'm glad it helps me get you know traffic to my right, site sure get my yeah and it's not like you're asking for money or anything or it's only you know you want the due attribution that attribution that, that you deserve right so, yeah, so so did you ever hear back at all from michaelmara.com you know i did but uh it was after something else had happened i let it go all day never heard from anyone and so you know, I, I own the copyright. I, I need to uh, defend the copyright if I want to keep it. I sent a notice to GoDaddy. I sent a, a notice of copyright violation. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And really, all I said was, hey, you guys are hosting my copyrighted material on your site. Please take my copyrighted material off your site. Right. That was it. About three hours after that, I get a half-assed email from Mike O'Mara or someone claiming to be Mike O'Mara. Someone signing his name on his goddamn iPhone. To the effect of, hey, sorry about the copyright violation. I changed your cartoon around to fit on my site better. We'll fix it. Just be patient. I thought, oh, you know, you must have heard from GoDaddy. The next day, got an email from GoDaddy saying, we don't actually host the Michael Mara Show website. We merely do free forwarding. In other words, when you point your little internet device at michaelmarashow.com, it goes to GoDaddy, and they sling your electrons over to the server that actually hosts the show. And what GoDaddy did was they stopped that. They blew up the bridge. So if you tried to go to MikeOmera.com, you went to GoDaddy, and they, they then you went to nowhere. So, yeah, so I go the next morning, I go to see if the comments had been uh, approved yet, and poof, that shit's just gone. Yeah, the whole site is down. <laughs> there is no, no MikeOmera show. So apparently you Davided the shit out of that Goliath. Yeah, I did. And, you know, I felt bad. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to like right. take his whole show down. Yeah, it's, it's rude to, you know, take someone's copyrighted stuff and run it without asking and alter it and whatnot. But still, it's like it's like someone dinging your car and you walk in and back over to their house and go, hey, you, you ding my car. And then you inadvertently burn their whole house down. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> and he was. And I mean, so I figured they'd be back up. You know, I figured the site would be back up. No way. Happened. That shit was down all day. Yeah. I mean, were, I was I was like clicking over there every couple hours to check to see, you know, like a like a guy watching a boxing match. Come on, get up, get <laughs> up. But yeah, there was nothing. No, I 
you fucked them up. Things good. in motion where I just right. took him completely off. And I, you know, you know, Mike O'Mara and that crew, they can't be that technologically savvy. They had no idea what happened. They were essentially like shaking their website going, <laughs> why won't it wake up? Why won't it wake up? You know, it's dead. Mommy's dead. That's why mommy's not waking up. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit so I even sent him another email I'm like hey sorry your website's offline this is what happened you know to like lay down the basics of the of the technology so we could go about setting it back up again right no response he never never freaking acknowledged anything didn't say right. fuck you didn't say thank you nothing and if, but, you know he did actually not put my cartoon back up once they finally yeah, got the website the website went back up and the cartoon was gone I did I did notice that well, the interesting thing is, okay, so he, if he's saying that he just reformatted the cartoon to fit his website, I get that. He's cutting it from like a square to more of a rectangle version, but it would have been easy to snip off the indicia at the bottom and just move it up within the frame. Yeah, so that the, the credits easy. were still there. That would have been the, asshole, the, the, though, the kind because of, he's not allowed to change my art. But well, but would have been easy. The damning thing is the fact that he also changed the background color of the cartoon. Which makes you think that okay, was was there some gamesmanship going on here to try to make it your own? Something. Yeah, I don't like think that. he was trying to make it his own, but know. he was sure as hell not making it mine. He was. It's like this, simpletons. Let's say you have some livestock. A guy comes walking by your field and takes your cow, takes your cow out of your field, out behind his own personal barn, and proceeds to have sexual congress with the animal. <laughs> and you catch him. You're like, hey. What are you doing with my cow? And he goes, well, I, I, can I finish up? And you go, yeah, 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 just fin- you can finish up. But then over the course of his sexual congress with the animal, you realize he's also, like, changing the brand on the on the cow's ass. It's, that's the equivalent of what was going on. Right. So, so in the end, how it turned out is you didn't hear anything more from him. Nothing. Um, he posted a new show on Friday, which... Never really explained. It apologized to his listeners the why that, you know, oh, we're sorry that the uh, website was out yesterday. No, just kind of technical problems. We backed the Brinks truck up to get uh, more bandwidth or whatever, so this shouldn't happen again. So yeah, basically made it. Dude, yeah. you got knocked off the air for copyright violation. That's that's what happened. Own up to it. So there's the true story. It, it kind of and it just kind of sucks that, you know, he couldn't he could have taken the easy way out and just given you a little credit. For your work. Yeah. I can't speak to... You know, it's too bad because I would have liked to have the traffic from his listeners. I think they might have enjoyed my cartoons or our podcast or something. I don't know why we couldn't get along with the Michael Mara show. We we got stuff in common. Yeah, there's a lot in common. I mean, we both pretend we have a radio show. That's right. We do. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. Oh, the difference is we're ascending stars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, you know, we've always made a point of giving people credit. We feature independent bands. We've never featured anybody who we don't ask ahead of time if we can use their stuff. So this has been kind of a a big point for us all along. And so just the fact that this turns around and happens to us, and this isn't the first time this shit has happened to you. Shitty college t-shirt companies that have ripped you off and sold shirts that are variations on your cartoons. You know, I lost literally tens of dollars. Right. If things like that hadn't happened to you, you might have not have been so quick to jump the gun on this and go to GoDaddy, but it is what it is at this point, so... Yeah, and the bo- you know what? The bottom line is I make my money by selling cartoons, and that's effectively making it harder for me to make money if you go and do that. And if I want to keep my copyright, I have to defend the copyright or I lose it. 
Right. Well, gone. it was kind of telling the one episode that I listened to his show, I believe. He's, he says something at the start like, and to all my brethren in the Internet radio community, I'd just like to say I'm not one of you. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> yeah, bravo. And, and he says that over, uh, I think, Lowrider by War. So mm. copyrighted music. Nice. Anyway, let's <laughs> move, let's move on. Wow. Yeah, that's, let's move on. So okay. uh, what pisses me off this week is, did you catch the whole Kevin Smith on the airline thing? I would have caught it, but it was too heavy to catch. <laughs> so Kevin Smith gets booted off a plane ostensibly because he's too fat to fly. Is you know he, He's blogged a lot about this. Uh, basically, he, he sat down in the seat. He was able to put his uh, armrest down, so he was in you know all ways within compliance of the airline, and yet he was still ejected from the flight and put on a different flight because they said that he didn't have enough room to complete his flight. He needed two seats, essentially. Now, I've been flying since I think like 1987 is the first time I got on a plane when I was a freshman in college. And, you know, I've gotten wider in that time, but I'm not (laughs) so big that I can't, you know, touch the sides of my seat. But, you know, in recent years, sitting on a plane, I, I can't remember the last time I sat on a plane where my knees didn't touch the seat in front of me. Dude, my knees touch the seat in front of me, and I'm like half your size. And I, I, kinda, I, I don't know how normal-sized people sit on airplanes. Right. So, you know, it's it's one thing if you, we've all sat next to people who are large and it's uncomfortable to sit by. But the fucking airlines have been squeezing the piss out of us for decades now. And it's fucking ridiculous. And I, I'm hoping that this all kind of brings up a little attention that, hey, you know what? Make the seats a little fucking bigger. I mean, wouldn't you like to see the carpet pulled back on some of those planes and see where the all the, the old drill holes are in the floor <laughs> from where the seats used to be? I, I, I oh, kind of looked it up on the internet, and it, it turns out what they, how they measure it on an airline is something called seat pitch, which is the measurement from a seat to that exact spot in the next seat. And it used right. to be, the seat pitch used to be 34 inches on average, and now it's on to like, it's, it has decreased steadily over the years to like 30 or 31 inches on average. So three or four inches less. So as America gets bigger, right. the seats get smaller. But you know what? My thigh bones are not getting fatter. They the, are. the length of from Dude, everything on you is getting fatter. <laughs> but you know where my knees are. It, it just doesn't work that way. And so they're squeezing the piss out of you, and you can't complain about it, obviously, because you know you'll get shot by an air marshal since yeah, 9/11 in the face. So it's it's absolute horseshit. You know air the airlines jism. have been dicking you for a long time. You got to pay for bags now. If you get food, it's shitty. You have dehumanizing. <laughs> you have to like pay them for the box lunch right there on the right. Flight. Yeah, it, the, plus the you know all the little indignities of like having to beg for the extra half can of Coke. That never happens to me. I always say, "Give me the can," and I've never got any shit about that. No, but you got to ask. They because yeah, they won't you know give what, it. People, at, it's important at, to ask because if the plane suddenly bounces around, the Coke is less likely to spill if it's in the can. Than yeah. if it's in one of those wide mouth cups. So anyway, that's why I do it. It pisses me off how basically the airlines have been chiseling the customers for years. Fuck you, airlines. Okay then. You're pissed. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we uh, check out a- another tune? <laughs> All right. <laughs> a little happy. <laughs> this cuts from the band. It doesn't matter from the EP or the maxi single, I guess you'd call it. Nobody's Which is watching. much better than a maxi pad for your listening pleasure. Nobody's watching. This is called Damaged Goods. This is sweet. Oh. 
Right. Once again, that was Damaged Goods by It Doesn't Matter. So I, I've, I've got basically pick a bio here, Lord. Now, yeah. You know, some people say that It Doesn't Matter consists of two bearded men and a computer. <laughs> Others say It Doesn't Matter doesn't even have a bio because they say it doesn't matter. And some like people say that It Doesn't Matter formed during a long hiatus of both band members, James Caldwell and Steve Wan's longtime endeavor, When They All Fell. I think that's kind of true. Uh, how we know this band is through Steve Wan's, who I respect the shit out of this guy. He is a yeah. true renaissance man. He's in two bands, When They All Fell and It Doesn't Matter. He's an amazing artist. And on top of that, he also is a cool author. He's written a poetry book. He's wrote another uh, a zombie anthology called Stay Dead. I mean, true renaissance man. I got to tip my hat to Steve Wands. You know, I bet he can cook, too. I bet he can. You know what pisses Steve off? What? He says, people piss me off. And not just any people, though they all piss me off. But the kind <laughs> of people who always have to one-up you. Like if I were to say, I bought this awesome coffee cup. It's really great. And then some ball bag has to one-up me by saying, yeah, it's nice and all, but mine's the best. It holds four more ounces and was handcrafted on the Ivory Coast. You get the idea, right? Well, those are the people I hate. And that's what pisses him off. Anyway, you can uh, check out more of Steve's work at uh, stevewands.blogspot.com. Uh, you can buy his book, Stay Dead, from there. Also, you can check out more music at myspace.com slash it doesn't matter nj what does nj stand for new joysy dude what if vaughn is his mailman (laughs) oh that'd be fucking hairy it doesn't matter if vaughn delivers your shit (laughs) vaughn does not deliver my shit i'm fairly (laughs) confident so political rant have you one you know i did a pretty good fairly well thought out political rant last time and this time i i don't know i was thinking this morning as i am wont to do about the little tiny bit of history I learned because I went to a public high school, so we didn't actually learn a lot. But I was thinking in the past, there was this guy, and he was sort of a good time party boy, but he was wealthy, and he was really politically connected. And he had this skill. And this guy's skill was that no matter how bad he fucked things up, he'd always land on his feet. He'd say the right things, he'd push the right buttons, he'd stroke the right people. And he, he always ended up adored. And this guy, back in the day, he was worried about Iran. Now, it wasn't called Iran. It wasn't Iran like we know it today. It was called Persia, but it was Iran. And he was worried that one day Iran was going to attack his country and, and inflict horrendous damage. Mm-hmm. And so what he did was he stirred up his people and he started this narrative of impending attack by the Persians. And he managed to transform public opinion to his opinion. And he rode this wave of popularity right up to the pinnacle of power in his country. And so in order to, quote, keep his country safe, he waged this preemptive war on who? Iran? No, the Persians, no. He didn't actually attack the people he was afraid were going to attack him. He attacked some other little shit splat country that irritated him. But it was all in the name of this broader war that he was fighting in his mind. It seemed like a no-brainer at the time. I mean, this guy's country was bad ass. It had an incredibly impressive navy, so they could project power way beyond their own borders. They could have a war, they could kill people, do all kinds of crazy shit without it actually changing much back home. So war was, was very palatable. And this other country, they're a real pain in the ass. They had a joke of an army. It seemed easy enough. So this guy's He's telling this this narrative to his countrymen, and then the people, they looked at themselves as real winners because their country was 
you know, they were world leaders in technology. They had a democracy, so they viewed their, their government as, as superior to other governments, and it was. And they also had this idea that they were superior because a generation ago, about 50 years earlier, they had taken on the mightiest army in the world that had attacked, and it, they defeated them. They got all their allies together, people that liked democracy, and they just sent the invaders packing. So as far as they were concerned, they were unstoppable, and they'd saved democracy. It was like manifest destiny. No big deal. So they attacked this other little country that wasn't Iran, and it was an absolute rout at first. But then they got bogged down, and they pissed off their allies and former allies because the country they attacked it used to be one of their allies against iran and what was supposed to be this quick little mission accomplished doodad turned into a goddamn 11 year long quagmire and it drained the country of men and material and money and the persians weren't stupid when they saw what was going on they started fighting the war by proxy the people that this guy had attacked they were sending their own fighters across the border to attack him. And so by attacking this country, they ended up strengthening the real enemies. And when it was over, they lost. And they didn't lose in a big rape and pillage kind of burn the capital down kind of way. Their mm -hmm. nation remained essentially untouched, just totally broke without an effective army or navy really. Okay. And they really never assumed their position as a world power again. They spent more blood and treasure than they could afford. And years later, a totally unforeseen enemy showed up, Philip of Macedonia, Alexander the Great's dad, and they were too weak to resist. And Athens really was no more. <laughs> wow. And I'm thinking those who forget the lessons of history may be living in today's modern age. Because that's the Peloponnesian War, boys and girls. Alcibiades was the dude, not George Herbert Walker anything. Look it up. And that is my political rant. Wow. Cool. So uh, we don't have any questions for Jess Ask Gord this week, but uh, I was kind of inspired uh -oh. by this whole Mike O'Mara business. So I came up with what <laughs> I'd like inspire to, you to, uh... to come up with a new bit for the show. It's called... Oh, good. I thought we were going to start ripping people off and lose listeners. We are. It's called the Stolen Bit of the Week. Oh, sweet. So what we do is we take a bit from another podcast and we do it here. Cool. So here's what I'd like to do. This one is from... A show I really dig the shit out of. Respawn Radio. Awesome video game podcast. Lano was wise enough to uh, have it come out on Tuesday. So every episode he can say, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Smart cat. So this bit is called Would You Rather. So Gore, would you rather have your 10 most popular cartoons ripped off by t-shirt companies and put on other podcasts' website without your credit or... Watch all of Dead Girl with your wife and your mom. <laughs> Jesus, God. That's a tough one. I guess I would rather, <laughs> as long as I'm watching Dead Girl and they're aware that I'm not enjoying it, I guess that would be okay. If the question was would I, would I have to watch it with my wife and mother and a boner, <laughs> that might be something else. Yes, and you have to watch it while wearing like uh, silk shorts, silk cross-country <laughs> shorts. I could even do that. It's just <laughs> having to watch it with the boner would be a problem. Okay, fair enough. All right, so Steve, would you rather yes. listen to nothing but Romeo Void covering Iron Maiden songs? Oh, fuck. That's brutal. Or eat nothing but food prepared by a Midwestern cafeteria lady for a year? 
Oh shit! And that's all you get for a year. I'd have Solid to. I'd have food. to go for the mac and cheese. Okay. <laughs> I don't think my ear could listen to that warbling from that that woman. Am I like you better if the run to the hills? <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, Respawn Radio, you can find them on iTunes, like I said, every Tuesday. Also, you can subscribe to the show at lano.libson.com slash RSS. You, you see what I did there? Yeah, that's good. That's, that's called credit, Mike O'Mara. That's how you yeah. do that. Just uh, you, you might not have heard that before. But what I was doing was I was giving credit for somebody for their work. Right where it was due. Yeah, you know that little exactly. C in a circle? Yeah, that doesn't stand for cut here. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we got another tune. Let's go to feature tune number two. This song is called This Conversation Has Only Got One Side by Minneapolis's own Love Cars. Halfway to a city, two doors down.
All right. Once again, that was Love Cars from Minneapolis. My good friend Alex Gaddis has had this band, and uh, they actually have had some no- notoriety. They kind of write sort of, uh, I guess you call them emo-style pop rock songs. Uh, they were formed in 1997. They consist of uh, frontman James Durs, guitarist Matthew Faust, bassist Alex Gaddis, and drummer David King. Of the four, Durs, a rock writer-editor, tends to get the most attention, mostly for his gripping vocals. The indie rock quartet debuted in 1998 with the album Chump Lessons, followed by I'm Friends with All-Stars in 2000. No alternative records released both albums, but the Love Cards decided to self-release their 2002 album, Thank You for Telling Me What I Already Know, from which this conversation comes from. They kind of were on hiatus for a number of years, but they just had a really well-received show uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they're looking at doing another record sometimes in the next year or so. They're going to play some summer shows and also maybe a festival or two. Wow. God. So, I, like always, I ask Alex for a few what pisses him off, and this is what I got. First. What pisses him off? Number See, one. Now. Number one, Tom Shane. You aren't my friend, you pedophile. <laughs> two, stupid the people. They are everywhere. Number three, Pizza Hut. Worst pizza ever. Number four, my co-worker whose nose is always stuffed up and I have to listen to her talk. That's terrible. And five, mustard on my cheeseburger. That's just sick. Wait a minute. What's wrong with mustard on a cheeseburger? You know, I don't this, mind. This is part of the whole anti-mustard thing that's happening in this country. It's getting harder and harder to find mustard at fast food restaurants. you got to ask for it. It's behind the counter. Like the like the copies of Jugs Magazine at a 7-Eleven, man. <laughs> but that's because Bring that, mustard back out. That mustard's no fucking good anyway. It's like French's mustard. I would rather have... I would rather have... I would rather have no mustard than like watery yellow mustard. Oh, I would if rather I'm gonna have If I'm going to have mustard, yellow. I want like gray seed mustard, German... Like gold, at least golden's quality mustard. I don't know. This country is moving away from mustard. It's moving away from root beer. And I don't like the direction it's going. <laughs> I'm, Why is it you can get like three flavors of Mr. Pib and you can't find root beer half the time? What is up with they that? They still make Mr. Pib? I don't know. I don't know. You know what? All I know is I want my root beer. When I don't want to get caffeinated drink, I want my root beer. And it's it's getting hard to find. I thought you could It's get not like I'm asking for everywhere. sarsaparilla or something. Really? Come on. All right, is that well, just going to be like an antique old guy thing? I want my root beer. I don't know, dude. Kids are look my at kids you like, order root beer all the about? time. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am out of my fucking mind. All right, man. Multimedia triage. So what have you been checking out this week? Well, here's the thing. Mostly what I've been checking out is getting my computer back online after it blew up. And I've run into a, a couple of different chunks of software, which I'm going to encourage people to check out. The first is Sandboxy, which is this cool little program you can run. And what it does is it essentially puts a condom around every program you're running and lets the program change things within that condom. It can, you know, spurt and whatever, but it's not going to splash on the rest of the software in the machine. It's not super easy to use. It takes a little bit of learning to run it, and it's a little bit counterintuitive at times, but I really like the idea that I send my browser out to bad place internet land, and it gets hijacked, and and bad things are sent to it, or, you know, it's asked to do dirty, dirty things, and it'll do them, but it won't do them outside of its little sandbox. Same thing with the web browser. Any other program you got can run in a sandbox. Sandboxy. S-A-N-D-B-O-X-I-E. Look for it. It's free. They do make a pay version, which has a few more features. 
eh, maybe you need it, maybe you don't. The other thing, which is free, which I, what? Never is there a man more vigilant about viruses than the person whose computer just got fucked. <laughs> oh, isn't that true? Nothing worse than a reformed You drunk. wouldn't have been talking about sandboxing on this show two weeks ago. It's only yeah, after I the fact. Well, I, I wouldn't be talking about security software, although I'm pretty vigilant. I mean, I'd always kept my virus definitions up to date. I ran Adaware in the background. I thought I was pretty vigilant, but something came through and just raped my computer. I got a root kit or root down or whatever the hell it was, and it just opened my computer up like the goatsy guy, and it was ugly. Oh. I started getting all these Trojans and viruses. I had more Trojans in my computer than a... Nah, never mind. I used that joke already. <laughs> it, it was bad. So the other thing I noticed after having AVN fail me miserably, that Microsoft puts out a security suite of virus protection and, and other kinds of protection. And it's free. And it does a pretty good job. I was clued into that by someone who actually does computer security. And it runs in the background. It's not like uh, some of these other assholic paid antivirus programs that slow your whole computer down and make you, you can't do anything half the time because it's updating and scanning. It's just really quiet. It runs in the We're background. We're fucking looking at you, Norton. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Nor <laughs> Norton. <laughs> and uh, I'm digging it. The Microsoft Security Suite. Check that out. So the only thing that I've done for fun electronically has been watch the DVD of the uh, the series ran a couple years ago on, what, uh, HBO, Generation Kill. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. It's a um, fictionalized account, but based on a embedded reporter's account, of um, a platoon of recon marines in Iraq. And I thought it was going to be kind of a, a cool war movie series. And it is, but, God, the more I watch it, the more it's... Yeah. I like a feel-bad war movie like every other red-blooded American, but this just starts to seem like baby-killer liberal propaganda. It seems like every other episode they've killed some kids and people kind of go, oh, killed some kids, and they, they move on. And the, the people in charge are all just evil or incompetent or both, and the only sympathetic characters are constantly getting fuckered. And I don't know. <laughs> Generation Kill. Watch it at your own risk. Hey, yeah. Man, it's, you've had a tough week. Virus protection Dude, I, I and have. fucking issues. The only thing movie. I haven't had is like a sigmoidoscopy era. I am like ODing on good entertainment. It's fucking ridiculous. What are you just sitting back and eating popcorn no, and just... watching my life go to hell? Because that's got to be pretty. <laughs> that's amusing. pretty funny. Yeah, but you and your uh, internet travails. Um, nah, just uh, cool stuff's been popping up. Okay, I got a, a demo of a, a new CD that's going to come out in April from a metal band called Lair of the Minotaur. Have you heard of them? Minotaur or Minotaur? Could be Minotaur, I'm not sure. Because you gave me shit for saying dinosaur. Now I always try to say dinosaur. <laughs> well, maybe it's dinosaur, but Minotaur. Maybe it's Minotaur. This is English. It makes no fucking sense. Anyway, uh, they're, they got a new CD that's coming out on April 13th on Grindhouse Records called Evil Power. And I have been digging the shit out of this CD. It is like old school, crusty chugging metal but sort of mixed with kind of a modern touch like uh Demericus or Entombed. It's not quite as heavy and smothering as Entombed, but it does have a, a kind of a barked vocal style similar to LG Petrov's and fat fucking distortion. There are a lot of kind of mid-paced chugga 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 
just great fucking shit. And the, the, the song titles are all just completely metal. Attack the gods. Let's kill these motherfuckers. Riders of the Skull Hammer, Reride the Night. Goat Storm. Fucking Goat Storm. Goat Storm. Blood from the Witch's Vein. We are Hades. It is so much fun. I've been just listening to it over and over and over. It's old school metal with great big iron balls. you got to buy this if you have any metal in your soul at all. Check out Evil Power by Lara the Minotaur out on April 13th. Another CD I've been digging. Uh, not quite as great, but still pretty damn good. Uh, Obscura. They're a band that I first started checking out last year when they came out with an album called Cosmogenesis. Total different kind of metal. This is much more brutal and uh, super technical. And when I first heard Cosmogenesis, that shit just blew my mind. The neat thing about it was the way it was mixed, you could hear the bass just kind of right in the middle of the mix. A lot of, you know, really heavy music, the bass is almost completely mixed out. Yeah. And this bass was part of the very musical organic whole. And it was still brutal, but it was very, very technical and musical at the same time. And they did a previous album, which came out uh, a couple of years ago which we call Retribution, which was the same guitarist and singer, but a whole basically different rhythm section. And it's just been newly re-released on Relapse Records last week. It's a great package, really cool die-cut cover. The music isn't quite as good as Cosmogenesis, maybe like a you know 7 out of a 10 sort of a thing, but there are a few cuts on the album that really point to where Obscura was going to be going in a few years. Uh, the really great songs, Nothing... Uh, None Shall Be Spared, Hate Anthem, and Hymn to a Nocturnal Visitor, which actually is about Succubi, not about that creepy, touchy uncle you used to have. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know, man. Technical metal, that's kind of like a technical scat video. (laughs) Nah, it's great shit. So, you know, if you like bands like Gore Guts uh, and, you know, Obscura, if you've heard the new one, uh, check it out. It's a great package. It's a good CD. Not quite as good as Cosmogenesis. I wouldn't pass up that one for this one, but uh, Retribution is still a good listen. Uh, what else? Uh, Plants vs. Zombies came out on the iPhone last week, dude. <laughs> that's great, because that's just what you need to be doing while you're driving. Three bucks, exactly like the original game. It's so much fun. I love that game. Dante's Inferno. I've been playing it. Oh, not reading the book? No, fuck the book. So, <laughs> so uh, reading. can you kill demons and rip their fucking head off with a huge bone scythe in the book? I don't think so. Anyway, so, uh, you know, the, the big gripe about the game is it's just like God of War. I am an Xbox 360 owner, so I've never even played God of War. I don't have a PlayStation. I've never owned a PlayStation. I don't know shit about God of War. This game is a lot of fun. You basically run around in a a third-person view fucking shit up. You have two different kind of powers. Uh, There's an upgrade tree that's like an unholy tree, which you basically can upgrade your scythe. And the uh, holy tree, which you can upgrade this cross, which is kind of a distance weapon. Uh, As you run... crossbow? Basically, the game is set up so that you are going through the hell of Dante's Inferno, the book. So you, there's the nine circles of hell, and you start out in limbo, and you move through. Oh, so limbo. it's not like you're going through the hell reading his book in English. Exactly, class. right. Oh, okay. it, it's, you know, not supposed to be Dante Alighieri. The guy's named Dante, but he's like this badass warrior who came from the Crusades. And 
whatever. So I knew a guy named Dante. He was actually kind of a badass. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good name, Dante. There you go. My anyway, name so Dante. he's he's trying to find his love, Beatrice, who pops up every about five minutes in the game with her full-breasted glory, which is awesome. You've Ooh. never seen as many breasts as you'll see in this game. Wow, I don't know. I've seen a lot of breasts. Yeah, you'd see a lot here, too. And then uh, I, I just got into the circle of hell called Lust, which is fucking hilarious. There's one point where you come up and there's like this dragon mouth and you, you bust out the teeth and it opens up and it's a big vagina. <laughs> and so you have to leap up and grab this huge stone clitoris to pull yourself up. <laughs> it's a fucking scream, dude. Oh, you no. constantly. Yeah, it's the, the whole level is peopled with penises and vaginas everywhere. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just I keep chuckling. My big gripe about the game is that it's a total fucking button masher. The, yeah. there, there, there are some attacks where you have to just sit there and push the B button over and over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I could <laughs> that do... That sounds perilously close to masturbation. Yeah, I mean, you know, by the, I'll play for an hour or two and I'll come away and my thumb's about to fucking fall off. So that's my big gripe. But the graphics are amazing. It looks really cool. And when you beat a boss, I mean, I can't remember the last time I was playing a video game where you beat a boss and you're just like, fuck yeah! You know, I mean, I do every time I beat you in a game, you get really pumped. It's it's so it's it's a lot of fun. I don't know if it's for everybody, if you have any squeamishness at all, because it's totally fucked up. But I'm digging it. Also, uh, Dragon Age ate another eight hours of my life last weekend. Oh, jeez, fucking game. It's so good, but it's killing me. And uh, Mr. Slaughter came out and I am absolutely loving that book. By Robert R. McCammon. It's the third in the series uh, that was started by uh, Speaks the Nightbird and Queen of Bedlam. The Matthew Corbett novels. Great shit. I'm halfway through it and I'm absolutely fucking loving it. So if you want some good reading, it's like a revolutionary war era uh, mystery sort of a thing with a lot of real life horror. Uh, this time Matthew Corbett is chasing a serial killer uh, across colonial America. You know, Or as the original inhabitants of this country call it, the end of days. <laughs> The time when bad shit started happening. Across the uh, colonial northeast is pretty badass, so uh, I definitely recommend it. So that's it for Multimedia Triage, dude. Should we check out another tune? Yep. All right. Next up is Bloodshot by Helltrack.
All right, and that was Bloodshot by Helltrack. And uh, joining us right now is Jeff Crazy, world famous from the uh, It Came From The Basement podcast, as well as a number of bands. How you doing, Jeff? Good evening, gentlemen. I'm doing amazing. How are you doing? Quite hey, well. well. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for asking me. It's a chilly Tuesday night here on the West Coast, and... Uh, you know, we're all on the West Coast, man. You're not telling us anything we don't know. Yeah, well, for the listeners, for oh. those that are for those that are Southern and, and living in Florida and things like that, we're addressing uh, people in uh, in Minneapolis and in Missouri. Where else are we doing? <laughs> Minnesota. We've, yeah, we've we've offended no, Missouri. Already. One of those M states. We've, we've offended everybody offended in Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> so, dude, tell you us. You can offend little... anybody. I don't care. Yeah, it, did you know there's a California? There's a there's a California Missouri. What the hell is that? Is, I wonder if they have a Disney, a Disney park. They probably do, but it's just like in the AM PM. <laughs> <laughs> Next to and the it gets, and it has snow days and stuff. Yeah, totally. and it gets snowed out, and Mickey's wearing like a Santa hat year round and stuff. <laughs> All right, dude. So tell we're us, talking. tell us a little bit about Helltrack. Sure. Yeah, we're uh, we're like a metal hardcore band uh, formed. Probably not that long ago, maybe six to eight months ago. We're playing our first group of shows here in the next couple months. Playing with uh, one of my all-time favorite Canadian bands, SNFU, one of my favorite punk oh, rock wow, bands. Yeah. yeah, opening up for them in a couple months, and then after that, opening up for the Almighty Thor. Who uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm really pumped to just hang out with Thor, let alone play with him. So I'm gonna bring hundreds of dollars to the show just so I can pretty much buy anything he'll sell me that night. <laughs> <laughs> So what is it? Expensive hobby. So what is, is the yeah, deal with that? Hobbies, me what up. is Bloodshot about? Uh, well, funny you should ask. Uh, uh, it's it's actually about GI Joe, not the movie. Maybe a little bit about the comic, uh, cartoon part of me. About mostly the doll about the with comics. the kung fu grip. No, no, mostly about the comic series from the eighties. I think it was IDW recently has been putting out the GI Joe classic series in trade form, and uh, I'm just burning my way through the first six and like. Weeks, uh, loving this stuff. So yeah, it's uh, pretty much about Snake Eyes from GI Joe. That guy's evil. <laughs> Snake, Snake Eyes is badass, man. Snake Eyes is the good one. You're thinking oh, of Storm yeah, Shadow. Right. Snake Eyes is the good one. You're thinking of Storm Easy. Shadow, douche. Storm Shadow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could talk about GI Joe all night, but I mean, and with the name Hell Track, do you guys know where that's from? That name? I don't. Okay. Uh, do you remember the movie Rad? No. The BMX movie. I have no. <laughs> Wow, we're, we're absolutely useless to ah, come on, guys. <laughs> I don't know Rad. There was a BMX movie from the 80s called Rad, and uh, the the final BMX track they had to race was called The Hell Track, oh. and that's where we got our band name from. So our lyrics, uh, they stem from G.I. Joe to Karate Kid to uh, Aliens. I don't know. We're all over the place, but mostly surrounding 80s topics that I grew up loving and loathing. <laughs> All right, so, so the new the new Karate Kid movie is it going to just be an utter piece of dog shit, or is it actually going to be good? Gord, I got to tell you, man, I saw the trailer for it, and I was if there was anybody who was going to hate it, it was going to be me. But I saw the trailer, and it didn't look that bad, man. You know <laughs> what? I I saw the trailer too, and I was I was completely ready to hate the movie, even though I like Jackie Chan. After yeah. watching the trailer, I'm like, you know what? I might watch that. Yeah, it didn't look that bad. I was like. Wow. Okay. I'm like, I'm really ready to hate this movie. But yeah, I, I was expecting a shit sandwich, but you know what? Yeah. It might be roast beef. It, it might be good. Yes, it might be alright. There may be some roast beef. Well, the first one was great. I mean, it's you know they've got a good template to go off of. 
Yeah. Yeah, all except like for the very, very end different. where the guy's like hopped up on one leg about to do the, the technique that there can be no defense against. The only thing he can do is kick, so the guy attacks him by leading with his face. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I'm a big fan of Karate Kid Part 3 where Daniel starts training at the Cobra Kai dojo. It's just such a fucked up film. But, uh, <laughs> if you recall that one at all. That's no, I, I think I stopped the Karate Kid 1. Okay. No, because right. number Fair 2, he went to Okinawa, right? Yeah, but 2 is like 4 hours long and so boring. But didn't you get to see like Elizabeth Shue's boobs or something in that one? No. At the beginning of Part 2, Miyagi's all like... Where is whatever her name is, and and Daniel's like, oh, that's she right, that's right. It was a different player number twelve. It was whatever. a different. She chick. like broke up with him at the beginning of part. Two. It was a different chick. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He he was he was falling for some chick in Okinawa. That's right. In part two. So were there boobs or not? I I need to know. No, no there definitely oh, wasn't. Yeah, I'm not going to watch a movie without boobs. I was retroactively yeah, but... sticking them in. Yeah, you <laughs> just like taping some boobs, boobs onto the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so dude what that would piss, be nice what pisses you off jeff well i kind of i kind of hinted at this before with you i work from home so everybody i know seems to think that it's fitting to just show up at my house at any time of the day just and popping by with an unannounced that is the thing that i hate the most in my life is i hate people that come by unannounced uh seven o'clock in the morning eight o'clock in the morning Fuck, I even hate it when I'm expecting something from UPS and they pop by without telling me they're coming that day. I, I hate people ringing the doorbell and then wanting to come in and almost being offended if I don't say, oh, take your shoes off and come on in. <laughs> All uh, right, you're you know, working. I, since I work from home, I spend most of the day in my pajamas. I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> you know, I work from home too, but I've been essentially working in a small room, talking on a phone all by myself for going on 20 years now. and. I'm to the point where I'm so goddamn lonely. I'll, I'll talk to anybody if they come <laughs> over. Fine. Well, I'll, I'll pop over sometime this yeah, week. Come on over, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just don't, just don't return the favor, okay? Yeah, okay, I won't show up. That's the saddest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Dude, it's oh, especially shit. pathetic now that my wife works on weekends and works the night shift. Like, I just exist in this little room and don't actually see anyone except, like, my kids that take them to school. And then sometimes my wife at dinner, and that's that's pretty much my fucking life. This podcast is all I have to live for. <laughs> Again, but I kind of like that though. I mean, other than band stuff, I'm the same way, man. There are day, there are times where I don't go out of the house. Like on a Friday afternoon, I'll go outside and I'll be like, man, I haven't been outside since like Monday. <laughs> I kind of like, like that. Yeah, there are times when it's good. It's good that I'm I'm all caved up. I'll because I am not appropriate. I could never function in an environment with people where you have to be polite and politically correct it just wouldn't yeah yeah i I feel you i'm not that guy either and i like not being that guy what do you do with your life uh, when you're not doing this that you can actually get away with making a living that way oh the things i do i shouldn't (laughs) repeat on air that's okay we're midget porn friendly no uh i actually work for a company you can sort of think of me as a booking agent right on yeah sweet gig i love it I've been doing it for years. I'm a big fan. Cool. All right. So speaking of being totally inappropriate, how about a few filthy jokes? I'm dying. I'm dying. Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, I don't really have too much of a joke, just more of a story, I guess. Oh, tell Uh, it. And it's just, you know, it's kind of time appropriate and stuff. I I ended up buying my girlfriend a dildo for Valentine's Day. Oh, that's a sweet (laughs) gift. I know. I'm a really nice guy. 
But what's even nicer is... Dude, it shortly... wasn't a used one, though, was it? No, 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 brand new. Oh, okay, brand new. good. But uh, shortly afterwards, I got a text from her saying that she loves it, but it's given her a jaw ache. <laughs> so tomorrow I'm going to propose. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Good call. Yeah, she's Thank a keeper. You. Yes, I'm sold. Although she would have said it made her ass ache. <laughs> well, then I wouldn't be waiting till tomorrow. <laughs> I wouldn't be on here with you guys right now. Yeah, but then, okay, anyway, so <clears throat> two midgets go into a bar. Little people, dwarves, if you will. And when they're there, they pick up two prostitutes, and they take them back to their separate hotel rooms. And as, as it is, they've got hotel rooms right next door to each other. <laughs> but the first dwarf is unable to get an erection. He's completely depressed by this, and it's made worse by the fact that he can hear next door his buddy just shouting. He cries out, here I come again! One, two, three, oh! And he's all night long he's hearing this. Here I come again! One, two, three, oh! The next morning, the second dwarf asks the first, so, uh, how'd it go? First dwarf mutters, ah, it was so embarrassing. I couldn't even get a heart on. Second dwarf shakes his head and looks at him and goes, I think that's embarrassing. I couldn't even get up on the fucking bed. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. I've been circling that joke for like months. I've had that on my list. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been funnier if you could tell it tonight. I guess, yeah, I guess that uh, just goes to show that uh, you shouldn't save these things, right? No, no. That's why I always keep a backup joke, though, Joe. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. So there's these two (laughs) friends. Uh, Let's call them Jeff and Mike, just for the sake of argument. Uh, and they've been friends since kindergarten. They've re- remained inseparable throughout their childhood. And when Jeff finally decided to get married, the old friends decided to make a night of it. So at the reception, the booze is flowing like water. The band plays on and on. And it's well past midnight when Jeff realizes he hasn't seen his wife or Mike in a long time. So staggering around, he finally goes upstairs and he finds his bride and his best friend just energetically going at it on the couch upstairs. Jeff stares at the couple for a few moments, and then he starts bursting out into laughter, so hysterical that the noise brings several members of the family running to the room. And taking in the scene, Jeff's dad asks, well, what in the hell is so goddamn funny? And Jeff says, that Mike, wiping the tears of laughter off his face, he's so fucking drunk he thinks he's me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll have to keep that in mind. It all comes full circle. It does. So, uh, our usual bullshit. Uh, I'd like to thank all the bands that we've had on the show tonight. I would like to thank Shaman's Harvest, It Doesn't Matter, Love Cars, and Hell Track, and Jeff Crazy for joining us. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. I want to thank you guys. It's it's a dream come true to be on the the show here. I've been a big fan for years, and... uh, Hopefully we'll be able to, I'd love to actually sit in a room and do a show with you guys. Maybe one of these years I'll be able to come up a little bit further west and uh, well, hit up Comic-Con with you guys sometime or something. May I suggest PAX in September and the Bone Bat Film Festival? It's going to be great awesome. shit, man. I will keep that in mind. All right. All right. So where can okay. we where All can right. we find your stuff, Jeff? Well, you can find Helltrack stuff at myspace.com slash helltrackca. Okay. Uh, the CA is for Canada, of course. And uh, not Central America. <laughs> no, not Central America. You you might think it would be, but it's not. By the accent, um, I was a little confused. <laughs> See, I thought he was from California. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you're not funny. I don't, I don't even know how to touch that. But 
Uh, it, it came from the basement. You can find uh, Dead Mike and myself at it came from the basement.wordpress.com. Very cool. All right. Our show number is 206 203 3115. If you'd like to call in any feedback, what pisses you off, or questions for Just Ask Gord, give us a holler. Uh, you can email us at steve at bonehand.com. We have new content on bonehand.com every Sunday. And. And. MightyWombat.com, a new cartoon once a week, usually around Thursday. Feel free to rip it off. Not. <laughs> Call them once a month at DavisLifeMagazine.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, Mighty underscore Wombat. And I am Bonehand on Twitter as well. You can also join our forum. Uh, I'm firing that back up again with a new section on information for the Bonebat Film Festival. So you can also go there if you want to know uh, what's going on with that. Yeah, good call. Thank you. Awesome. And if you like what we do, we do appreciate iTunes reviews, votes on Podcast Alley, or even better, tell a friend. We're going to close out once again with Dragonfly from Shaman's Harvest. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, you're very welcome. I love you guys, so it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I'm Steve. I'm Gord. And I'm Jeff Crazy. Have a good one. Maybe the sky's falling down around the babies. Maybe the world is gonna spin out of control. I don't care anymore. What if I quit today or working for the men? Said I had another will, maybe I can. Cause it's all gonna end anyway. Tell me, doctor, what's the cure for the wicked man's blue? Falls to the sea I won't mind The cause of me
drinking Modelo Especial. It's not going to fuck you up too much? I'll just do the podcast from the floor. <laughs> so Steve's fucking a dead alligator. <laughs>